when you open up to anxiety, then you have the anxiety you have, and you're more willing to do it again. What is a mentor? When do we need a mentor? And is a mentor always a person, or could it be something else? Welcome to episode five of Mindful Conversations, Meeting the Mentor. We're exploring this part of the hero's journey where the mentor comes into the life of the individual on their own hero's journey as a guide. And it's really interesting, isn't it, Shamash, where we do have this mentor who seems to appear and hold our hand to get us to take the first step on the hero's journey. Absolutely. I mean, if we've got uh, therapists, coaches, consultants, or even individuals, I think a lot of people know that you know mentors are important. And it's nice to know that this is part of the hero's journey. And in uh, many of the films and books that we're familiar with, there is this point in the film where often a mentor comes. Well, if you've been um, listening to this podcast, you will know that there are two films I like to reference. One of them is The Matrix. The other one is The Lord of the Rings. Not just because there's a huge host of literature around the hero's journey in The Matrix, but they happen to be two of my favorite films. And I know Matrix is one of Shamash's favorite films of, as well. If you notice that Morpheus arrives in the film as the mentor for Neo when he offers him the red pill or the blue pill. And he accepts the red pill, which, of course, initiates him into discovering the real world, the truth of reality. And that's where he then takes his first step on the hero's journey. And the very fact that mentors are so core to the hero's journey and not just modern stories, right? Really, really old stories going back hundreds, if not thousands of years, it shows that finding this mentor and connecting with this mentor is just so important and so core to our being. Now, we're mapping this mindful storytelling journey with the concept of ACT, the approach of ACT, acceptance and commitment training or acceptance and commitment therapy. And in that model, there isn't a certain point in that in the six elements that make up ACT, which it means meeting your mentor. But reflecting a little bit more holistically on the model, it's about being present. It's about being open and being engaged with our values. And it's only when we are open and only when we're present that there's a possibility of being able to connect with the mentor to learn something new or try something new. And so we could try something new in this podcast right now. So as you're listening to both myself and Calvin, you can have a go at being a bit more present to what we're saying, being a bit more open and also being mindful of that part of you, which is constantly thinking, judging, saying, ah, this is great or this is not, or I disagree with this or I agree with this. If you're just listening to that stream of thoughts in your mind, you're not really kind of listening and learning to anything new. You're just listening to those old thoughts. So one thing that we could actually try experimenting with is you having a go at listening to all our different contributors and seeing if you can just listen to it and, and let that part of you that's constantly commentating and judging and deciding whether it likes it or not, just letting, setting that aside a bit so you can be more present to what we're sharing. Anyway, let's get started with our first guest. Social entrepreneur Kush Kanodia shares about the importance of mentors and here's what he has to say. It's one of the things I always wanted in some way when I was younger to have a, like a real kind of mentor or a coach and 
I believe it's something that if somebody finds somebody like that, it's a great blessing and it's something people should really value and kind of pursue because it's life transformative. As Kush beautifully says, mentors can be really, really helpful. And so just me reflecting right now, just thinking about different mental figures in my life, you know, everyone from my parents as I was growing up and grandparents, the teachers throughout my school, friends, and then actual coaches and um, mentors that I've worked with over the years, they kind of come to mind. But the question is, when do we actually need to specifically reach out for a mentor? How do we know when to do that? So Dr. Wendy Malefi, who's both mindfulness instructor and a GP, a general practitioner, a doctor, she shares some light on this for us. I think when you start to have that awareness or that realization that I'm stuck, I seem to not be able to move forward, or I am going round and round in circles, I'm trying to find a solution and I keep on having the same outcome and it's not always the best outcome. So when you're in that sort of position, I think that is your cue to just think and even sometimes just starting by talking with somebody else, a colleague or something, it enables you to reflect, to hear your thoughts coming back at you to then see them for what they really are, especially if you're talking to a professional, to a therapist or a mentor or something, they hold that soundboard for you and allow you, if it's a safe space, somebody's able to hold that mirror, that space for you and enable you to just really see and really hear and reflect and perhaps cultivate that metacognitive stance of being able to get out of your head and see things in a different way, from a different perspective, because there's always a different vantage point. So having somebody can be helpful in that sort of way. So when you're stuck, sometimes the courage to reach out to others is important, maybe leading to a book or to a person. And we see that also there's some value in taking action and the importance of being open as well. And I think that's really one of the sort of key points that I took away from uh, what Dr. Malefi had to say, Shamash. It's such an important part of, of the ACT model and so many therapeutic uh, approaches and coaching approaches, learning to be open. But in particular, specifically, the idea of perspective taking, I think, is really interesting. Uh, in the ACT model, it's called... Uh, the transcendent self, which is linking up to our observing self. But part of it is also about learning to see things from different perspectives. And one of the ways I think a mentor can really help us, because you know when you've got worries, when you've got thoughts, when you've got concerns and they're going round and round in your head, a way a mentor can really help is it actually gives you perspective. It helps you to see things from different angles. And this can help to tap into our inner mentor or we can tap into our inner mentor, not through an actual physical mentor, but you could actually do it through visualization. So this is one exercise that I sometimes do with people where I get them to imagine who is a wise and kind person in their life and actually sharing their concerns, their challenges, the difficulty they're going with at the moment. And in a way, they're kind of tapping into their inner Morpheus from, from the Matrix, their, <laughs> their inner mentor. And they're asking this person, you know, what would you do in this situation? So sometimes if I'm in a really difficult situation, I'm, I may ask, hey, what would Calvin do in this situation? And that would give me some, <laughs> some perspective and have to think, what would, what would a wiser version of myself do in this situation? <laughs> take the red pill, take the red pill. <laughs> what 
would happen if I took both pills? That's what I've always wondered. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess it all depends on what red and blue equal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's taking the green pill, I think. <laughs> so this is this is really interesting what you just said there about you know, connecting to that transcendent self or observer self, because I wonder, does that help us to know when we are stuck? And how do we know when we're stuck? So let's hear what Mari Williams has to say about that. I think, if I'm really honest, I think people know. I think if you look at yourself and you think, I want to change this bit about me or I don't like it, and you have a go at doing it yourself and it doesn't work, you need to get help. So I always say to my clients, my job is almost like helping you roll a boulder uphill because you need help to do that. And we get it to the top of the hill. And when we get it to the top of the hill, it won't be 100%, you know, you won't be finished. You know, none of us are ever finished, are we? But that boulder will kind of roll down. It'll have some momentum to roll down the other side. And occasionally it'll get stuck and you yourself can probably shove it to the side and move it and it'll then it'll carry on rolling. So I always say to them, when to reach out for somebody is when you're like, I can't move this on my own. And I still have supervision. I still have therapy. And it will literally be me going into my therapist going, okay, this has been on my mind for a couple of weeks. I can't shift it. I just, I need somebody else to step in and help. I really think people know. I think there's a big difference between I need to set some goals. I need to maybe lose some weight or I need to, you know what I mean? Those sort of goals that that we might be able to be more autonomous in and actually just going, yeah, do you know what? Actually, I never stand up for myself at work or actually, you know, I allow others to bully me. Mari just reminded me of something that we've heard a lot, right, Shamash? When the student is ready, the teacher appears. I mean, we see this in a lot of areas of our life, just at that moment where we think we need help. A guide seems to be available to us, but we don't always passively just allow somebody to stumble into our lives. And I think, you know, when Mari says people kind of inherently know, and she also said that you need to get help at some point. So there isn't just about the teacher appearing. This It sounds to me like there's something quite active there as well about finding that guide or that mentor. I think Mari clearly says there and shares beautifully that, you know, when we feel stuck, maybe it's an old challenge that's been coming up again and again, and we've tried different ways, we've tried different approaches, and they just haven't worked. Then why not reach out with a mentor? It's just so universal. Us human beings are so social. And when we connect with others, whether it's formally, you know, a therapist or a coach, or maybe informally with friends or family, or even when you're getting your hair cut or something, who knows, just whatever person you want to connect and talk with, whoever you feel comfortable with, sharing your challenge with them and helping to see things from a different perspective. And another kind of important point from what Murray's saying is about intuition. She said, you just know there's this feeling rather than a logical, oh yes, this has happened and now I need to find some help. Trusting your gut instinct and part of mindful approaches uh, that a lot of different therapies use nowadays is being aware of your body, connecting somatically with your physical sensations. And that's what intuition is all about. It, you know, you get this gut feeling, you get this feeling within you. Uh, you almost feel it in your bones. There's a sense that I need to do something here. So it's not just that logical thinking mind, but also that intuitive part of us. Now, sometimes our challenges can be actually not knowing what to do in life. And our mentor can be a teacher or a lecturer that lights up our interest. So psychologist Vicky Barnes had this experience. I, I wasn't particularly ever that academic at school. I was always just mediocre at everything. So I didn't fly in any particular subject. And then I went to an open day at college and I thought, oh, I'll just carry on with education for a while because I didn't really know what I wanted to be or wanted to do. 
And there was a psychology session at this open day. And it wasn't a, a topic that we did at school. It wasn't an option. So I'd never really come across it before, but it just grabbed me. Um, and I went to listen to the teacher talk about what this psychology subject would entail. And I just loved it. I was hanging off her every word. And from that moment, I wanted to do something in my life that had a big dollop of psychology in it. So probably become a psychologist, although that sounded a bit like a pipe dream back then. But that was kind of it, really, from that moment on. And I just happened to be better at it than other things that I'd done in the past. So a mentor can be a teacher or a guide, as in Dr. Vicky Barnes talking about her experiences at school. But they could be somebody else who isn't just directing you from a distance, but also someone who can be there to walk with you, right? Someone who knows the way and walks alongside you as you are on your own hero's journey. We've seen this a lot as we're referencing, you know, really well-known films. We see this in a lot of stories in, in the books that we read. We, we also probably, if we look carefully enough, we see it in our lives. Let's hear what uh, Dr. Mary Sharif has to say about the mentor. Having a mentor is really powerful because you'll have somebody that's walked that path before. So they've done it. They've got the experience. They've got the T-shirt um, and they can share their experience, their expertise, their skills. They can guide you and support you, essentially. So that's really powerful to have someone else's experience as motivation, as inspiration, as a lesson, really. I wrote a poem, actually. Um, I haven't got it to hand, but it's about walking the same journey as somebody else and being aware of their footprints, but also having that confidence that you can walk the same journey, but leave your own footprints in a separate place. So um, I think that's where perhaps coaching comes in, where it overlaps with mentoring. So coaching is then helping somebody else find their own solution, finding their own steps towards their journey, which might be a little bit different to their mentors or somebody else's that they've got inspiration from, but having that confidence and having those skills to do that as well. So... Where else can we find our mentor? Anything can be our mentor, which is what we're starting to learn here. If we're open to it, if we've got the right attitude and we're open in the right way, ultimately, almost any experience can be our mentor. It could be a person, which is what we normally think. It could be a book. It could be a film. And we've mentioned some films and there's many films that could end up being our mentor. <laughs> it could be this podcast. But what about if we take it to another level? What about an emotion? Can an emotion, can a feeling actually end up being our mentor? Can anxiety go from being something like a lion that we're running away from or fighting to actually becoming our teacher, our mentor? <laughs> I spoke to the originator of ACT, Dr. Stephen Hayes, and he's the person who actually came up with ACT in the early days and together with a couple of people developed the whole process. And this is what he says as he powerfully describes how he worked with panic. Yeah, I was doing all the logical, reasonable, sensible and pathological things mm. to diminish and get rid of and contain anxiety, mm. which means that anxiety becomes something to be anxious about. So now you've got the good, clean anxiety, which I didn't even know where it came from. It started in a panic attack in a, a department meeting where the, these uh, full professors were fighting in a way that only wild animals and full professors are capable of. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, as an untenured assistant, you know, I just wanted to make them stop. 
in the TEDx, I, I walked through that it wasn't until three years later, as I began to work on just being more emotionally open with myself and just trying to sit with, and I'm still having waves of anxiety. I don't call them panic anymore, but I'm having number 10 anxiety attacks during ACT workshops. Wow. And it's fine. It's fine. Because to me, panic is that place where you can't have the anxiety, and so your life has to get narrower. When you open up to anxiety, then you have the anxiety you have, and you're more willing to do it again. So it's been so fascinating this week. All the different uh, sharings have been fascinating and we've started to see this importance of meeting a mentor from so many different dimensions, from how a mentor can be a teacher or a lecturer, it can be a friend or family member, it could even be a book or a podcast. If our attitude's right, if we're present, if we're open and if we're engaged and connected with our values in the right way. So next week... We will be crossing the threshold. That's the next stage, episode six in our journey. And we're going to be learning about what does it mean to crush the threshold from our ordinary world, our, our world of living on automatic pilot, our world of being stuck in our challenges, to actually stepping over that boundary and starting to do something about it. And what do, what do all these different films and books have to tell us about it? And what does ACT have to say about this? And also our, our various guests. So that's what we're going to be covering next week. Do remember to subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it, and feel free to get in touch with us. My name is Shamesh. I've been with Calvin today, and we're really excited uh, that you're joining us in this journey. And we're looking forward to joining you next week. See you next week.